Hello. Welcome to... <laughs> I don't... Okay. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the final episode of Thinking Like a Lawyer for the year 2020. The year of our Lord, 2020. Yeah. It's been... Well, it's, you, is I, that a thing like people used to say? You, you, can, you can say that. People uh, used to say that, I feel I think, like. I think we generally go with of the common era or something like that <laughs> in order to, you know, not be as... Sure, religious. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, the religious rights taking over the world. I'm just getting on board. We believe in separation of church and podcast here, so we're <laughs> we're going to go with uh, with that. So... 2020's been, uh, been a thing. It has, and guess what? We're going to talk about it because this is our last episode of the year. We thought we would... Do a year in review episode. Uh, in the past, when Ellie was my co-host, we would do the awards show, um, but we didn't do that mostly because we were um, lazy uh, and didn't think of it and didn't <laughs> think of awards. I was wondering what you were going to say. In fairness, I feel like this entirely falls on you. Um, you're the only one who's ever done an award show for Thinking Like a Lawyer podcast, um, and uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to say this is your fault. Right. Well, that, when in you, doubt, by the way, it's always Joe it was. Fault. It was. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, it wasn't as though it was like a real awards show. It was just that was the conceit, right? That was the conceit to do year end stuff. We would be like, and lawyer of the year would be da da da, and then we'd give it to somebody. I mean, we're making fun. Above the law literally has a has a voting sure thing. You enough. can actually vote on. Lawyer yeah, and, and I guess we will talk about that in a minute, perhaps. Uh, but first, I guess uh, just before we roll anything out uh, always thanking our sponsors LexisNexis Interaction Contract Tools by Paper Software and Lexicon so I guess we'll uh, so okay here's the thing yeah 2020 has been about 700 years long really so, yes I wow. think that's an actual mathematical formula so well you know what you should probably not have it be 700 years <laughs> long you should try to save some time and you know if you work with contracts and don't use contract tools, you're missing a lot. Save time, make more money, and do a better job for your clients with contract tools by paper software. Contract tools is the most powerful word add-in for working with contracts. Thousands of lawyers all over the world rely on contract tools every day for every kind of deal. Visit papersoftware.com to watch a demo and get a free trial. As a special offer to podcast listeners, use coupon code LTN2020 and get one month free. That's papersoftware.com and LTN2020. Slick. Yeah. Slick. Yeah, okay, I'm, so, I'm a professional. <laughs> so the big reason why 2020 has felt ridiculous mm -hmm. is because of, obviously, COVID-19. Yeah, so if we're going to talk, uh, if, so we're going to go into the kind of big stories of the year. I think that's that's fair. We can totally do that. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so I think the biggest story of the year, uh, this shouldn't shock anybody, is the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, and from our perspective at Above the Law, the pandemic's impact on the legal industry, uh, in particular with law firms, uh, it's been a it's been a roller coaster. What walk us through like the life cycle of law firm well, business? Well, even before okay, law firm business. Yeah. I mean, because there were other sort of right. I mean, yes, COVID nineteen related um, stuff, but but kind of one of the biggest stories when you're talking about big law firms and COVID nineteen was the a lot of austerity measures happening. Um, not every law firm, not by a long shot, actually, but a lot of law firms had to make some cuts in order to make sure that they were still profitable this year. Uh, that included uh, partner uh, distributions that were either delayed, reduced, depending on the law firm, um, 
salary cuts happened. Uh, a lot of folks use the opportunity to lay off or furlough staff. Uh, mm-hmm. And we even had some associates and partners that were, were laid off or that kind of insidious thing that the legal industry is known for, stealth layoffs, when, yeah. you know, it's not kind of an official uh, layoff, but folks are 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 asked to, to see themselves out the door. Yeah, usually it's a disguised performance firing right. is right. usually how it works. Right. Like, as in, you've worked there this whole time, no one has ever said you've been anything but perfect, and then all of a sudden you have a review that is, you know... We have all of these you problems. You have three months to leave the firm. Right. And yeah. so we're firing yeah. you for performance, even though there's never been right. any indication. Right. Yeah. And I mean, listen, part of that is because uh, law firms are not great about performance reviews. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. Uh, part of it's because uh, they don't want the, the publicity of saying, yes, we have, in fact, uh, laid, people, laid off. people off. So um, and it's kind of incumbent on on publications like ours to kind of have tipsters and hear about it. And we have, we did report on a couple this year, Uh, but, but, you know, it's also kind of changes the, 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 the motivation, right? If you are told that you are being laid off for performance reasons, you have, or being fired for performance reasons, that makes people less likely to talk about it, right? And mm-hmm. the whole thing is the only way that these things see the light of the day is by word of mouth, by hearing about it, by tipsters. Uh, and if you're like, oh, no, it's because I was terrible. Never mind I built X number of hours. Never mind that I've never had a negative performance review before right now. Right. Uh, you're less likely to talk about it. There's a shame involved. Uh, and, it, you know, it's it's meant to create uh, an environment where people are unwilling to talk about what really happened to them at the law firm. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it it's doubly bad, I think, because it's fair to say that a lot at a lot of these higher end law firms where this happens, yeah. uh, these are these are lawyers who probably have never been told they aren't perfect at any in point anything. in their lives. Right. Right. Like right. they they, they excelled their entire a, yeah. career. Yeah. Like they they had to have gone to an excellent law school. Right. They had to have done well at an excellent law school. And yet they're, here they are for the first time in their lives being told that they're not good enough. So, yeah, it, yeah. it absolutely it, it builds upon that kind of shame-inducing mentality to try to cover up what's really happening at the firm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's problematic. But so after— So, yeah, that, that happened a lot in the spring. Yes. All right, so that was the spring. So then we fast-forward a bit. Uh, we start getting a few trickles in of firms reversing those austerity mm-hmm. measures, mm-hmm. starting to pay people back. So, yeah, so there, I think there's really kind of two levels of the reversing of the austerity measures. The first is your salary is no longer cut, right, mm-hmm. which has happened at more firms uh, saying, you know, you, you get congratulations, here's your full salary again. Uh, and then there's a second level, which is, and here's the money that you should have earned, mm-hmm. right? Which is, is still happening. That's taking a little bit longer. Taking yeah. a little bit longer. Uh, it's not, some firms are making lump payments. Some are, are kind of spacing them out. You know, it's kind of very individualized depending on the firm. But by and large, we are seeing the end of big law austerity measures and making some sort of, of restitution for it. And then we hit the fall and... And wow, things uh, yeah, things really. really took a turn. Yeah, uh, it turns out Big Law's doing just fine. Um, <laughs> well, that's a shocker. Yeah, what do you know? What do you know? Yeah. Big, big. You, listen, there's ec- absolutely an economic downturn that happened, but as it, it seems as if the elite in Big Law 
are going to be okay. This yeah. is not this is not 2008, 2009. This is a different kind of an economic downturn. Um and the other thing also kind of contrasting it with 0809 is that instead of massive associate or attorney layoffs, firms were much more likely to institute these cost-cutting measures, whether it be salary cuts, mm-hmm. whether it be partner distributions, whether it be, you know, other other sorts of things. So that was actually really nice to see. And I think part of the reason is that literally firms have learned from the last economic downturn, right? There was a uh, class's worth of associates that, you know, they laid off juniors because they didn't need as many people to stock these big cases because they weren't getting these big cases. And then all of a sudden when they were supposed to have a giant class of mid-levels, they yeah, had one they person. Didn't, yeah, right. <laughs> and they were kind of screwed, right? So, you know, I think that there's definitely this kind of learning from from what happens. But then in the fall, starting with Cooley, uh, they were the first firm to announce COVID appreciation bonuses, Mm -hmm. special bonuses. People sometimes rankle at that name, COVID appreciation bonus. The world's so bad. We shouldn't be celebrating COVID. I'm like, that's that's not what's happening, right? (laughs) They're saying thank you. Yeah, they're not appreciating COVID. (laughs) Yeah, that's not what's happening. And then uh, Davis Polk came over the top and actually made significantly larger uh, bonuses than Cooley did, who introduced them. Um, And just to say thank you to associates, a lot of associates are billing crazy amounts right now um, because there there is a lot of litigation um, or there's a lot of cases. There's a lot of things going on in the legal world. Uh, There's lots of hours to be had uh, at some firms. I guess it kind of depends on your 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 practice area. Um, but regardless, even for those who didn't bill as many hours as they might have in previous years, I think a lot of firms, uh, were happy that they had folks who were still working and good at their jobs and, and kind of that stuff. And whether or not everyone gets them versus having to hit certain hours requirements has sort of been, um, kind of a line in the uh, very, very top of the big law versus some, some of the other firms who are just trying to kind of keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people are getting extra special bonuses this year, which is pretty nice. Right. And these do more or less do not trade off with the regular bonuses, Correct. which were unchanged from previous years. Correct. These are all in addition to year end special bonuses plus year end bonuses. Yeah. So for a lot of firms, it was a journey. But uh, <laughs> after some issues, they appear to have come around the other side pretty well. And for firms that haven't, you should do some reading because. How have law firms weathered previous economic downturns and come out stronger on the other side? LexisNexis Interaction has released an in-depth global research report confronting the 2020 downturn, Lessons Learned During Previous Economic Crises. Download your free copy at interaction.com slash like a lawyer to see tips, strategies, plans, and statistics from leaders who have been through this before and how they've reached success again. You know, one of the under-the-radar developments of 2020, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, that is related to what we talked about there is the rise in tech adoption and Mm -hmm. the concept of working from home. I think we we had a special series uh, that we, you know, wrapped up, but we had a special series about COVID and the law, the the ATL COVID cast. And uh, we talked to an architecture firm that did uh, office architecture about how this is going to change the design of offices well, yeah. going further, uh, going forward. Uh, there's going to be less need for 
giant footprints. Uh, mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. going to have more people working from home, more people working and collaborating as opposed yeah. to in, we, we did sitting story, in their office. Yeah, we did a story this year about uh, shared offices that mm -hmm. um, some big law firms are, are doing a system where even partners don't have assigned offices and they have to share. Yeah. Um, depending on who's coming in that day. Uh, and, you know, you can kind of take over whatever spaces you want. And and that's that, that's a very different kind of a law firm world than that kind of old school one yeah. partner with kind of mountains of paper in their office that probably couldn't be moved even if you tried. I think that I think we've got a situation where lawyers uh, who are inherently stodgy when it comes to mm -hmm. technology uh, were forced to learn what's out there. Yeah. And they more or less have come away thinking, this works. Uh, we should have been doing this all along. And so I think we're going to see a change in the way the legal profession operates going forward. I do think that, uh, but I don't want to come across as being kind of a we're never having offices again. Oh no, there'll be offices, and I, but but and as as good as it's been, and I think that they will. Oh, they going forward. I think there will always be a component of working from home. But I also think mm. people have realized the benefits of collaboration and the in person kind of experience, particularly for younger associates. True. You know, we've talked to a lot of folks uh, who say, you know, it's. It, it's really a very deliberate thing to try to train new associates who have never worked in a law firm before, who have only worked uh, working from home, mm -hmm. right? And the other thing is, you know, firms have to up their communication level, probably about everything. And that was probably always true. But especially with um, with working from home, not everyone knows how long this is going to last, right? Mm -hmm. Or or what's safe and different states have different requirements and, you know, what the firm's plan going forward is, is will be interesting. I know um, one of the new classes of associates at, one, at a firm were told, listen, you don't have to move close to the office yet. We'll let you know in plenty of time, like wherever you are, <laughs> like, you know, whatever plans you have, don't make it based on, you know, the assumption that you're going to be commuting anytime soon. <laughs> So I thought that that was kind of a way to make sure that your communication is is kind of the A level, you know. Well, speaking of COVID, we also had a major uh, super spreader event at the White House uh, that put the president of the United States into the hospital for mm -hmm. a week. Why did we have a super spreader event? Uh, because unfortunately, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. Mm -hmm. And her final uh, request was not honored. Yeah, well, nor, I mean, I, I never really understood the whole push about, like, I my wish. And I'm like, well, if that was your wish, you could have quit earlier. Like, and I'm not one of these people who says that justices have to quit, but if that's actually your wish, there's a way to do that, which is to not have been here, at the, in, still in your job at this point. Once you are, you kind of have turned it over to fate. Uh, and so that's bad. But I've always taken the stance that, one of two things was true. Either Merrick Garland should be on the Supreme Court and ACB should be, or Gorsuch should be on the Supreme Court and somebody else should right. have this seat. You I can't have both right. ways. I think that's true. Uh, I, th I and that's, think that's true. That's my issue. But I, think that, but I think that, you know, writing that at the time that Merrick Garland has already been denied his seat, I think it is within within the fair, bounds of yeah. fairness to say he should, well, right. that exactly. the winner it, of the election should have been able to appoint the replacement to RBGC. Right. At the point that yeah. that was the standard, that's what should have been Correct. left by. Uh, Correct. But hypocrisy uh, but yeah. reigns, and so here we are. 
welcome to 2020, y'all. Yeah. Uh, or say goodbye to 2020, I suppose. Uh, yeah. But yes, Amy COVID Barrett uh, was nominated. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the nickname we gave her. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's for a awesome. reason because she, you know, gave the president a deadly well, disease. Probably not her, right? But somebody at at her, the her her mere being created the circumstances correct. that did this. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, there was uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. yeah, they would. They had a. They had a. What was it? Some sort of a ceremony outside, mm-hmm. and and no masks, and everybody was on top packed of each other, in packed and- in, and I don't even remember the total numbers of folks who were infected that they could trace back to that event. But yeah, it was like it was, it was a lot. lot. It was it was yeah. it was a lot. Anyway, the uh, well, but yeah. The- so we have a new Supreme Court justice. That's yeah. a pretty big story for 2020 in the it legal is. world. Yeah, I it's going to be awful. I think that's right. It is a big story. Uh, it has already proven to be awful. Uh, speaking of COVID, she uh, has already been the deciding vote to mm-hmm. rule to allow uh, allow people to challenge public health edicts as uh, unconstitutional because yeah, you which know, is terrible. Why have why have public health? Yeah, and, and the thing that's really um, annoyed me about all of this is. Uh, you know, I I wrote an article saying that I thought she was going to be a terrible justice, and I'm already been proven correct, as you've pointed out. But people were saying that you know this is some sort of an attack on religious identity or something like that right. because she's Catholic. Spoiler alert: so am I. Uh, so is Sonia Sotomayor. Yeah, yeah. You can still be Catholic and not be and not not think that the way that we have to rule our country is a particular way. Also, to be clear. The Pope has said she was wrong. Yes, the leader of said religion has already said that's not. Yeah, that's not what we have to do. It is true, though, uh, and this is another trend I think uh, that probably was developing before 2020, but I think we're going to start seeing more and more of, Mm -hmm. which is this one-sided sword of utilizing the idea that somebody is religious as a offensive argument for why they can uh, they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Religion, that's why we can't have public health. Religion, that's why they, you know, be on the Supreme Court despite having a series of insane views. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are defenses. And, and it's one-sided because at the same time, we're watching, uh, especially down, uh, if anyone's monitoring these Georgia runoffs, we're watching a political campaign where those same defenders of hers are running a deeply religiously targeted campaign right. uh, criticizing Warnock for his religion, which is, you know, you thought was what was supposedly off limits, but here we are. It's it's very, you know, what's good for me is good for me. What's good for yeah. you is not good for me. But, but this idea that, that religion is now operates that way as mm-hmm. opposed to his, its historical role as we kind of kicked off the show about separation uh, of <laughs> things. It used to be very much about protecting from religious discrimination at the hands of a government. And now it, it, it seems to be turning yeah, a different direction. Yeah. And I think she is the, this was probably a trend that we can point has been going on, but mm-hmm. she operates as something of the avatar of it at this point. But yeah, uh, continuing with the Supreme Court, I guess let's move to a conversation about the election. Uh, we had an oh. election. Uh, that election now has become mired in a series of lawsuits. Uh, the elite strike force of Dr. Jenna Ellis. Oh, stop it. Yeah, she... We're not doing that. Yeah, she she is not, in fact, a doctor because she's a JD. This is not an aspersion on other people claiming to be doctors who have actual PhDs, like real doctorates, but uh, lawyers, no. No, uh, no. Just earning a JD does not give you... Do not call yourself doctor. You just sound like a pud. 
Yes. So Jenna Pud Ellison and uh, <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, who uh, also melted I mean, on literally melted on stage. See, uh, you're going with that. I'm going with sticking his hands down his pants with a uh, 15 year old. That also happened. Which he, he just, ah, uh, I just don't under like he really has had a year. Uh, and then is he, he got, the lawyer? Is he your personal lawyer of the year? On, honestly, he's hard to beat in my mind. Like throughout the year, he's been he's mm. been Johnny on the spot for every <laughs> crazy story. So I don't know. But he he would be my vote. But and to be clear, when we say lawyer of the year, we do not mean it's it's not necessarily a good thing, but the lawyer that has had the largest impact. Right. In, in many times, it has been a good thing, and sometimes it's been a bad right. thing. Not necessarily. Uh, but yes, yeah, so above the laws, lawyer of the year is much like much like time pretends person of the year is mm-hmm. it's supposed to be about the biggest newsmaker whether that's good or bad but time has clearly turned it into always being good so whatever uh we don't necessarily so rudy uh that's the elite strike force meanwhile team kraken the uh sydney powell wing they they were together uh, at one point and then they split off uh and sydney went her own way uh it, w- it was kind of like a and then like she the, tried to be appointed like special counsel. Up. Yeah. Well, she's she's now apparently uh, in conversations about being a special counsel uh, to investigate all of the quote-unquote fraud broken. that every judge has, uh, several of them being Trump-appointed Appointees. judges, yeah. uh, have looked at and said no to. Uh, we also then learned uh, about the Supreme Court, uh, including our newest justice, all kicked to the curb this attempt by Texas to sue the other states for not voting the way Texas did. Uh, this is not, it's not how original jurisdiction works. <laughs> yeah. Well, in fairness, I, I kind of, I kind of sided with Alito and Thomas on this one. Uh, they said they also thought the case was meaningless, but they said that we should at least have to grant the request given the, to file to the extent that it's original jurisdiction, which I think it probably was a state suing another state seems like a textbook that uh but yes it was somewhat frivolous uh that gave rise to a conspiracy theory that if you have you i don't know if you've I, checked this out i try i tend not to check the latest conspiracy theories yeah the, the latest conspiracy theory is that the supreme court behind closed doors were screaming at each other about this case with roberts demanding that they had to kick it to avoid riots and so on uh which was news to the supreme court who has not actually met in person in months. I was going to say, like, they, they're they all old. They know what COVID does. Yeah, no, so, <laughs> so yeah. It, but the Supreme Court has managed to be at the center of wide conspiracy theories over the last few days. So it's been uh, it's been a year for them, too. They got a new justice. Mm-hmm. They lost a justice, got a new justice, and uh, now are Had at the fights center. Had fights that they didn't even know that they were having. Yeah, at the center yeah. of a giant conspiracy. I mean, also, uh, there's no way, if Alito... There's no way Alito doesn't put out his own dissent if he felt that way. Well, and, and Alito did put out like, but but Alito, right, no, but, but it wasn't is, a dissent from the right, exactly. Right. Like they they put out a statement saying we would have heard this, but no other relief. Like they they were right. explicit that this was Correct. unanimous on this being completely ridiculous, Correct. and the, or the f- as unanimous as you can be. Theoretically, a third justice could have joined them and chose not to write that. I sure, 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 but, but whatever. But, but the point is, if if Alito was had to be yelled at, everything we know about Justice yeah. Alito makes it very clear he absolutely would have he would have said that. something. Yeah, yeah. Like he's not he's not one to hold his tongue. Yeah, not a, not a shrinking violet. Anyway. No. So it's been uh, it's been a fun year for the Supreme Court. They've got a lot of issues to handle. Maybe they should uh, streamline some uh, of their administrative tasks. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hear from Lexicon. 
Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal services and technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, HR, billing, client intake, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more. So I guess uh, on top of that, coming off of the Supreme Court, I guess um, the Attorney General is gone now. Maybe? No, he, he he resigned last week, so he's gone now. But um, he he really had a he had a he had a year. You know, that's another nominee for a not great, but still lawyer of the year. That's a good point. And frankly, I, him him having to resign right before losing power. Uh, <laughs> probably uh, might have put him over the top. Anyway, uh, yes, so Bill Barr, we hardly knew ye. Uh, <laughs> he is, he had the uh, the whole run with the authorizing tear gas on protesters outside the White House. Uh, he has overseen a series of internal moves at the Justice Department that, frankly, put the Justice Department behind Nate Bola, whoever takes over that job Next, uh, which good as a yeah, good luck uh, clearing out that mess. Well, actually, the next person to take that job won't be trying to clear it out, I suppose, uh, because we will have acting uh, sure attorney general in the first place. But yeah, that was a whole thing. That was life. Yeah, yeah. No, like I, yeah, I, mean, I don't even know how much uh, to get into the bar stuff, but it was it was a thing, uh, and we it, it raised to the point where. Uh, high school students were trying to get his honorary degrees pulled from him <laughs> and stuff. Like, or not honorary, like his his uh, special place of honor within the school mm-hmm. pulled. I like it. Just spoke to the level to which this guy evoked serious emotions from folks uh, for the way in which he was handling his yeah, office. I mean, listen, in in fifteen years, there will be some doctorate that is actually written by somebody who will deserve to be called doctor, uh, about Bill Barr's role in the 2020 everything. You know, gestures wildly at the state of the world, you know? Yeah, no, he's, yeah. The one that got me was actually not even about any of this. It was the revelation that he came into the job of attorney general, having come from private practice, and then had the, Department of Justice drop the case against his client as soon as he took over, which seems, that just seems bad. Yeah, it really. Yeah, no, no, no they, these were these were the stories that made us this year, and uh, it was uh, it, it what what it made us was uh, bad bad folks. Uh, I guess we should quickly take a moment to acknowledge the bar exam. And obviously we've talked about this bar, quite a bit bar too. Exam. I yeah, no, I that. thought it was a good yeah, segue. Yeah. yeah. But we've obviously talked about this a lot, but we have a situation which we continue to license people through a generalist closed book exam, despite the fact that lawyers are pretty much no longer generalists and definitely practi- not closed book. And the practice of law is aggressively an open book book process. We still have that. We therefore put ourselves in a situation where some states forced students to meet in a conference room to or convention hall to take a test. We got people actually confirmed having COVID while they were taking the test, as it turned out, uh, which is horrifying and led to So 2020 though, like as a dangerous conditions. As a story that like really like 
puts puts the, the kind mm-hmm. of the pinpoint on on the year. The alternative was uh, in most states were. Uh, online exams, which were fraught with technical difficulties up to and including uh, problems where they ended up flagging people for cheating for doing nothing. That was treated as the better option. Uh, There are a few states uh, that... To be clear, it's not just... It is, in fact, a better option. Yes, but, I mean, there's... Sliding scale, I, be, being being, Sliding scale being relatively better here does not get you clear. Uh, there were a couple states that joined diploma privilege, which obviously has been going on in Wisconsin for quite Ever, some time yeah. and works. But uh, we do have Utah and Oregon, Washington uh, joining in. Uh, there's a there's a kind of a hybrid system in D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a oh, and I guess Louisiana also took some steps to uh, to make it better uh, right. as an emergency. So good for them. We have, and we had a show earlier this month, actually, uh, where we talked about a new study that looks at mm-hmm. alternatives to how we go about licensing. Is that uh, really this month? Pretty sure. Maybe not. Maybe it was November. Point is, you should be listening to every episode of this show, so you'll find out. Uh, you probably <laughs> I just know. like time has been... Time has been a thing this yeah, year. Yeah, but we, we, but we did have a talk about how there are yeah. studies out there, attempts to use this unfortunate crisis as an opening to revisit why we do the things we do. Uh, and at this point, the bar exam is so anachronistic. It doesn't make much sense. It was a, it was really devised as an answer in an era before organized legal education. Right. You wanted to do this. You take a bar exam to prove that you know something about law. Well, now we have degrees proving that you know something about the law. So what is the point of the exam? And I think the point one would say is to prove there's minimum competence, but it is not a minimum competency exam. A minimum competency exam would be like the driver's exam where, you know, you have to get an 80%. Uh, We don't grade the bar exam that way. It is a scaled exam, and it's done that way because they're attempting just let a certain percentage of people through. It's protectionist, right? It it has nothing to do with minimum competency. Uh, And so... It's a problem. Uh, there are other people looking at it. Maybe that's a theme that comes off of COVID is that it has opened the door potentially to this. Uh, hopefully, Something good might happen. Hopefully the momentum on it will continue uh, after this is over. We'll see. Well, we can we can kind of end our year in review on a, on a good note. Okay. Uh, which is that, uh, you know, all the terribleness of COVID, one of the um, early folks who um, publicly came forward with their struggle against the disease was yes. Above the Law's own founder, David yes, Latt. that's true. Um, he was in the hospital for several weeks. He was, he was in... He was intubated, everything, but he's come out the other end. Yes. He appears to be, you know, he's doing well. Uh, he's still writing for Above the Law. Uh, so you can you can read him um, on on the Above the Law pages. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a, a the good kind of capper that, that, you know, as terrible as this disease has been, there's still, there's still hope. Yes, that, that is true. Excellent point. With all of that, I guess we'll be done, and we'll see you all again in 2021. It's got to be better. It's got to be better. Uh, see, that just seems like bad. That's like saying somebody's not missed a field goal this year. Like, that's just, you just <laughs> you see the Dr. Pepper it. commercials? I have, like- <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Uh, this is not a jinx. This is not, this is just statistically, listen, there won't be an a general election in 2021, which has to make some of the crazy less. Maybe. Maybe. Anyways, thanks for listening. You should be subscribed to the show. You should give it reviews, uh, just uh, the stars, uh, write something about it. All of that stuff helps the algorithm 
move us up the rankings of legal podcasts so the more people can hear it. You should be reading above the law as always. Uh, you should be following us on social media. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One, the numeral one. Uh, check out The Jabot, another podcast that Catherine hosts about diversity issues in law. You can check out Legal Tech Week, the legal technology roundtable that I'm a panelist on every week about talking about legal tech stuff. I mean, not this week because we're on break, but you know, like sure. nor, uh, during normal times. Uh, you should check out the during other- Ordinary times. Yeah, ordinary time. Oh, yeah, see, see, see you, you are Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are other offerings from the Legal Talk Network. Uh, thanks, as always, to Contract Tools, uh, LexisNexis Interaction, and Lexicon for sponsoring today's show. And yeah, another year in the books. We will see you on the other side. Happy New Year! Yay!